0: Terrible Rock, developing the next generation of designers and creatives.
1: Brilliant, so thanks for joining the panel just then, Jess. You are the brand company. Can you tell us about the piece that you created? Okay,
2: so the first piece is this one. Um, This is my old Ryan Berger Joker, and I've used um, nine pieces of which is all second hand. Um, everything I use as a designer is um, second hand because I am an upcycling company. Um, I also combined a few taxi buttons at the bottom. Um, it's got a fly front detail and it's elasticated, so um, it can fit a range of sizes. Um, this is uh, the Granddad company outfit from my first collection. Um, so these are my Granddad's old trousers which i have unkipped um, jean pocket from other trousers and attached it round the leg, it goes all the way down to the back as well. And this is two jumpers combined. This is the ABC knit, and it's a round florem uh, jumper at the bottom. Um, this is my boyfriend's old um round white shirt, which I And as it was circular it took quite a long while and on the socks you've got the bottom of your feet that's like shaped I'm going to combine all of them together to make a jumper because I've got to make sure i use used all of the socks um, and then the bottom is the brand of company combined jeans so I've just mixed two legs together it's a, a Dickies and a Pound kind of climb, um, bottom
1: excellent so what was the inspiration behind creating this
3: piece?
2: So this collection that I created for this London Fashion Week event um, is called the Tip Collection. Um, it uses mainly knife socks. Um, I was inspired by Czech um, as it's an autumn winter 20 um, trend, but I um, took it in a different way through patchwork. So it's a bit more subtle. It's not following the trend completely in an obvious way. It's more a subtle way. So I've created Czech through... Um, the square patchwork pieces, of the socks. Excellent. So what is fashion to you?
4: Um,
2: fashion to me is is something, me personally, I think fashion should be sustainable and that should be the point of fashion going forward. Um, the reason why I am upcycling brand is because we've got so much waste in the world and you could um, have a producer company that uses sustainable you're not um, getting rid of resolving the problem of the waste. Excellent. Just lastly, how do you incorporate the principles of the Commonwealth Fashion Council into your work? Um, so, they've got a blue design um, project going on um, looking at uh, fish scale and the waste of that. So, it goes with my company with using waste, and um, I do want to eventually work with fish scales in the future. Um, because i think it's a great idea and um, we don't really tackle um, ocean waste within fashion um, and i've seen so many documentaries of like um, birds eating plastic and they're still hungry because they don't have the nutrients in their belly so they're still they're not eating because they think they're full but they're actually just full of plastic Um, so that's like another topic within itself so combining um, Blue fashion, um, combining fashion and ocean waste, um, could be a great project
4: for the Rambert Company
0: in the future. Excellent.
1: Thank you very much, Jess. Thank, Thank you. Watching all the amazing work the students have put in, we are now hosting the students' panel, and we have the opportunity to ask questions. So, just to kick off, please introduce yourselves.
2: Hi, I'm Jess. My um,
1: name I mean, is Hugh Could you also have detail the name of your fashion uh, brand? Uh, my brand is called Eye Collection, I actually have one yet, so we
5: uh, might be
2: place.
1: Um, I'm the founder
5: of the brand, brand company.
2: Brilliant. Okay, so how did you start
1: your brand? Um, so basically, I went to
2: university um, when I left, I worked in design for a year, but I wasn't happy um, working in design because it was so unsustainable. I did try to work with other sustainable brands, but they didn't have the budget to employ me. Um, so I decided to create a brand that I could control the sustainability um, methods. And um, it's inspired from my granddad. Um, so that's why I brand that granddad company, and and um, his clothing um, and all clothing and vintage that he would wear yourself. Brilliant,
0: amazing. I love the story. Um, just... So um, I started my brand. actually, I started making jewellery um, at home. Actually the, the, the initial idea was to have uh, a, a brand that had jewellery, clothing and everything else. But I thought jewellery was something quick to start with. I started it in 2009, actually, when I was on maternity leave with my second child, and I thought that would be a really good opportunity to start that, and um, I collection um, is just basically for women, being sustainable in terms of their economy, doing things themselves, like I did, for myself, and controlling their own, their own economy, and uh, basically having
1: unique rights that way, basically What would you say is your signature collection?
2: to it more
1: because it uses a lot of my granddad's clothing in the first um, collection and um, so I'm more attached to the collection. Brilliant. And then just moving the mic along,
5: um, how did you get into fashion? Um, well I graduated from university uh, in 2004 in um, environmental populations so uh, my first job was actually on the Sabbath Road to in New Sports um, as a salesman. So I stayed there for about ten years, uh, worked in other places on the South of the road, And um, but it was more um, sales rather than sort of tailoring. And um, over the years I have learned of, you know, some tailoring uh, in my spare time. But Excellent. this is actually the first time I've actually made from scratch. Brilliant. So
1: bring up to Jake, who's the course leader. Uh, what do students get to do at Caramel Rock?
3: I think one of the um, things that they'll get to do every day in here is just explore their craft and explore uh, uh, and get to grow their knowledge through that process. And making, uh, and making uh, uh, Using pattern cutting and sewing and design as a, a personal journey and learning um, through that. And uh, through that we do lots of one-to-one work with each student to make sure that we are um, progressing. And what do you think of the CFC times CFCR collection yeah. I think this year it's uh, particularly, we've um, got really good examples of interesting uses of sustainability. So um, I hope you don't mind me calling them guys, but in Jess, um, she has collected Nike socks from eBay and Depop and, uh, and used them as a sustainable um, material to introduce into her collections. And then Brendan uh, very slyly has used um, recycled materials from tailoring, like um, tailoring canvas and bodging, he the body that we can see the inside of suits. And he's actually used that to his garment, which is very interesting. And then Ihu uh, has used a sustainable material from um, it Ghana, Nigeria, um, that's only natural materials and it's working on
1: Brilliant. And so just moving on to um, Brenda, I just wanted to know what have you learned from the production of your garments in terms of pattern, cutting, and so on?
5: Well I did pick up a few skills over the years of uh, gave more to some work, but uh, this the first time I've actually applied it to actually um, fit uh, an individual. Uh, I've actually made it for a friend of mine who worked, who did save himself more, so it was a so, yeah, I mean, it's, it is an immense amount of work. We're I mean, talking about forty hours of pattern cutting, design, uh, and the fittings. So um, when people buy a garment, you know, especially in the South Europe, obviously you're not know, terribly chance to but when you actually go through the process, you, you will understand why you know the amount of handwork that goes in. It's just incredible. It might look very simple, but when you look at the detail. They're, they're astonishing something. And um, just the lot walls, for example, are opting for each single button. So um, there's a lot of hidden work that you cannot see, but the reason why it's done and the um, benefits of it, you know, the techniques haven't changed for over 100 years, and there's very good reason every single stitch has a purpose. And so when trainers uh, use a certain technique, sign for me, uh, the longevity, sustainability, so my garment, I would be happily, uh, you know, uh, saying last at least 50 years, whereas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mass-produced version that will take basically probably half an hour to make, mm-hmm. you know, for me, half a couple of dry means will really disintegrate. So, um, Sapporo is sustainability, really, the, the techniques, and I think fashion has a lot to learn from Sapporo, because Sapporo obviously
1: has a lot Brilliant, excellent. And so, Jess, um, whilst you're at Carmel Rock, are there any areas of learning that, uh, that you've touched upon and that you want to continue to explore moving forward? Um, I designed to a few pieces um,
2: as a part of this collection, which i so doing a, a jacket with some socks and I've got a Burberry jacket, um, so I'm going to use a lining um, of that to um, layer on top of that, so um, I will continue to doing the work and it will um, be available
1: on the website. Excellent, and um, even, um, just to sort of explore your learning as well, if there was um, anything you could do again in terms of your project or your uh, work, would you change anything or would you keep it the same?
0: would Like to have a little bit more time to really go out in terms of the, some of the ideas that I, I had, uh, how I had. For um, so example, I was going to make a really huge skirt, like you know, in terms of the feathers and, and clothes and stuff like that. But um, that that's absolutely fine. I think what I've learned kind from of camera Rock um, was is the use of because I have drawing skills before, but it's the use of inspiration from all around you to kind of put together your garment. So for me now, it was the birds. So to follow that theme and then to bring it through to your design. So that was something that, whereas before, I would just go and I've got a lot design money and just draw it and I'll refine it. But we was just going back, going back a little bit, going back to these creations, going back to the drawings and the colors. And I went to the Natural History Museum and took all these pictures of birds and things like that. I wouldn't have done that before. So that's something that I would continue
1: Follow through And so Jay, um, you know what can we expect in the future for Caramel Rock and CFC?
3: I think a continuation of um, exploring the sustainability skills and the uh, sustainable ethics of the Commonwealth Fashion Council. I think each year we will see students take it on board in, in a different way. I think that's the most exciting thing um, when we see new students coming through uh for this project each year you know, is how different it becomes through our inspirations. Excellent. And uh, just the last
1: and final question um to bring them. um Have you taken any inspiration from designers that use sustainable practices in their work?
5: Um I suppose the biggest uh inspiration actually is the actual tailors themselves. Um when you see tailors work they ask incredibly economical people, um, you know, and things there, the trimmings and the buttons and everything else that they use might be sort of 5, 10, 15 years old that they, that they, you know, could be scrapped that way and wanted to throw away what they thought, okay, well, let me use this, you know, um, rather than sort of, uh, sort of, always looking to reuse and recycle whenever possible, and they throw very little away, and in terms of fabrics, for example, you know, they would literally um, cut out garments, you know, with the absolute bare minimum. You cut cutting by hand as opposed to factory cutting. You know, you spend the time laying the pattern and getting the most economical uh, layer. And, um, and even the way they make the garments up, I mean, they, for example, my garment has about four inches of inlay, so if, for example, my friend puts on a huge amount of
3: weight, I could take it up two
5: sizes. <laughs> So, it's, uh, it is incredible when you, you think, you know, the um, um, what portainers do in their everyday.
1: Break now. Um, so, again, if anyone has any questions on the social media or Zoom chat, please feel free to ask. But once again, thank you very much. Thank you. Day already, we've had the live industry panel, we've had the fashion beats, music showcasing students' work. We also had the student panel, and now we're finally moving on to the BLM segment, Black Lives Matter segment. And we have a range of speakers who I'm now going to introduce to the platform. We have Faith Johnson, Jessica Lanniton, Osborne Money and Tamara Thomas. Faith Johnson is the Managing Director of Caramel Rock. Caramel Rock is a fashion and creative arts education charity based in Newham, providing training and job opportunities. We also have Jessica Ladditon, who is the founder of Pop-up Africa. She founded it in 2013. Pop-up Africa is an Africa-inspired pop-up events company. They curate and run African-inspired events across iconic spaces. We have Osborne Odjarimoni, who is the founder of Arenti, which is a a menswear fashion line. It was established out of the inspiration to discover a distinctive approach to showcase African class and elegance through modern urban apparel and accessories with strong appreciation of African authenticity and roles. and last but not the least we have Tamara Thomas founder of He Spoke which is based in London she's worked alongside some of the best brands and, and people in the fashion industry she's gained extensive experience working for leading international brands such as Netta Porter, Harrods and many more her knowledge and experience has allowed her to freelance and build her own fashion menswear brand. He spoke. Round of applause for all the panelists. So, this is a very exciting segment um, where we're going to be discussing the issues of racism within the industry, some of their struggles, and how they've overcome. And without further ado, we're going to kick off with the first um, question. And our will ask. Jessica, how did you enter into your industry, to the fashion industry?
4: Well, um, I just want to say, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, Pop-up Africa is not necessarily just about fashion. We do have fashion brands that come on board, but it's literally about celebrating Africa um, and the creatives that have come out of Africa and its diaspora. Um, It started in 2013, like you said, And it was basically out of my interest in um, all things Africa and um, my keen my keenness for um, a bit more representation on the wider market. Um, I I lived in Nigeria up until I was two and then I came to the UK and was in East London um, for a little bit of my childhood but then I grew up in Essex Mm. um, and there weren't many black kids. I was like the only black girl in the class. Um, So representation wasn't really there for me growing up and also when I was in East London um, it wasn't cool to be African. Um, and <laughs> it was at a time when Afrobeat was on the radio and you called by Chin Chin and Tesco. Um,
3: <laughs>
4: so when I went to university and I connected with loads of Africans, and um, loads of us that grew up here, loads of people that grew up in Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, I was like, oh my gosh, I found myself. Oh. My parents were like, who is this child? <laughs> when I came back home. Um, and i was always going to events and eager to buy stuff that represented me um, so that's basically how pop-up africa started i was like okay let me start an event where um, african brands have a platform to promote themselves to a wider audience um, and fast forward a couple of years we are buying changing in tesco mm-hmm. and going to um, restaurants that are owned by us young old um, and it's brilliant to see and we definitely want so to
1: Thank you very much. And just moving on to Osborne and um, this sort of a two-fold question. What inspired you to start up your brand and what are some of the challenges you faced in your industry?
6: Uh, so, first of all, thank you everyone here as well. My um, name is So, I was inspired to start my brand, Um I was actually a Nigerian my country. So, I went to school in Nigeria for about uh, two years. Um, my auntie owned a fashion boutique where I used to help her uh, as an apprentice. Um, I didn't realise I had a, you know, a love for it and um, whilst staying in Lagos, I kind of just used to help her when she was in around, help her, her customers and the clients. Um, and it kind of just became second, second nature to me. Um, so when I came back over to London, um, I had a few mates. There was a trend where um, everyone was wearing their jeans and they kind of wanted to go into the skinny bit and they, do, they kept going to the dry cleaners but i said i could do it so i just used to help them slim fit it uh, we used to have a lot of customers from there um, and then ended up just sort of you know representing africa because i always wear like natives and caftans and i was inspired by the likes of you know, that uh, Um if you notice the way they dress it's you know they don't wear designers it's just very simple native all white i'm not sure how many pairs of one not white is they own, but um, I just was inspired. By this. Um, and I used to, you know, wear at clubs, wear it to work, and people used to ask me, "Where did you get this from?" Uh, I said, "I made it," and uh, they just, you know, it started off from there, sewing so it for my friends, uh, family, um, and then ended up, you know, weddings and ended up on fashion shows. Um, and yeah, like what I'm trying to do is, you know, bring a, a more modern kind of. Um, inspiration towards the young uh, black boys working today so that you know, they wouldn't need to go to the Zara's and everybody have something to wear as a casual wear and a contemporary wear uh, but yeah that's the child style. and what are the challenges that you've faced
1: in your industry
6: thus far? Uh, so the challenges I've faced obviously being a young black man I grew up in Peckham uh, which is South London uh, I faced a lot of uh, I'm actually a project manager my day um, and a obviously fashion designer. Uh, some of it was when I went to my first fashion show, um, you know, being a young black person, a lot of people may not, you know what I say the trend might not be what people want. Um, but you know trying to get into that industry and show that I'm determined and um, you know being myself, I think being from Africa is sort of showing that Africa has a diverse, unique range of clothes not just anchor but you know we can also be brave and confident and you know be able to speak i think one of the biggest challenges is um not being able to you know actually communicate or be vocal but you have to be strong you have to be brave you have to be independent and you have to show that you do belong there there's that imposter syndrome as well feeling that do i really am i supposed to be here um but you know once you kind of grasp who you are and your inspiration to others you you realise that you are supposed to be there and God put you in a position to be in that position. So that's one of the challenges I face. Excellent. And just moving
1: on to Faith Johnson, who is the founder of Caramar Rock and has started this initiative. Um, How did you start up the organisation, for those who don't know your story? Um, So the organisation started in
7: 2008 um so in that year i got into central st martin's uh, university which is um, the best fashion institution to attend um, globally um, so i thought okay i got into csm i must be all right out of fashion um and so i've always had a heart for community so, that's, so although i'm a, a designer by skill um i have a fashion a passion for community and community um so for um so at that point in 2008 i think for 10 years i was coaching cheerleading and i was ready to pack it in i was doing cheerleading from about the age of seven um up until 2008 um yes i was ready to pack it in and i wanted to do something else i thought oh i'm going to csm i'll um, do some coaching and teaching around fashion so everything I was learning at CSM, I was bringing it back into Newham, UM, into this community. I'm running my daily workshops um, in a cafe and started it from there.
1: Brilliant. So what would you say is the unique thing about
3: Caramel Rock?
7: Um, so there are you know, lots of um, fashion institutions, universities, colleges, um, which are all relevant and has its important place. But for Caramel Rock, we're all about supporting those um, that may be very talented um, or those that may have an interest in fashion uh, but they may have been kicked out of school, they may be registered at a young offending team, they may be on probation, and for whatever reason they haven't had the best start. but they have an interesting um, be it, you know, t-shirt printing or be it the technical side. So for a lot of the young guys that are referred to us, their mum has a sewing machine at home and they sew traditional land and they've been around textiles for decades and you know they want to give it a go. And so they get referred to us, um, we support them and
3: take them through the training.
1: Brilliant, so moving on to Tamara. Um, you're the founder of this World. Very, very interesting going um, to menswear. Uh, what inspired you to set up a fashion brand in menswear? Um, for
8: women's wear, there's so much out there that I think the menswear is lacking. Um, I think over the years it's kind of built up, but it was just your basics your t shirts, your shirts, your jeans. It all looked the same in whichever shop you went to. Um, So I thought, why not try and infiltrate the menswear and move in? Um, With my brand being um, Made to Measure, I also wanted to change it from being your traditional shirts and your suits, so it would be more the casual range. In my family, I have a lot of men who um, kind of do sports, so they're ready built. Um, so your traditional t-shirts wouldn't fit around their necks. So if you can remember, there's a trend where the guys would have the v-necks and people were making fun about it. But It's because the t-shirts wouldn't fit around their necks. So I would do alterations and stuff to kind of make your basic stuff fit them. So I thought, why not turn it into a business and actually create a range where guys who are struggling can actually get the basic stuff fit them properly. Excellent. And just moving on to Jessica. Um, what has helped you
1: get to where you are, and what advice would you give to others who want to go in the same direction or similar direction? I think um, self belief really does help.
4: Um, not saying that I've not faced um, imposter syndrome, um, not saying that I've not faced challenges and people saying that you can't do it along the way, but I think ultimately, if you believe in yourself, um, that's the biggest
1: help that you can get. You've got to help yourself before anyone can help you, yes, that's true. And Osborne, um, have you faced any issues of racism in the industry? And if so, how have you dealt with that?
6: Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, so I've done uh, New York Fashion Week, uh, London Fashion Week, and I've done Lagos Fashion Week. So my time at uh, London Fashion Week um, I did experience a few races in terms of uh, people wanting to actually wear my stuff, because it's from Africa and everything. Uh, but how I kind of overcame that was just proving to myself. Um, you know, being able to be vocal, uh, very, like, I'm a mentor, so I was able to, you know, sort of sell them that idea and let them know that this is from Africa and this is the generation i are living in today. And like I said, having that imposter, syndrome believing in myself, um, being able to talk, because I feel like once you don't have the greatest communication skills. Um, you know, people won't believe you, you have to believe in your products, you have to believe in what you're bringing to the table. Um, and that kind of, you know, inspired a few people to wear it, people that did want to wear it. Um, but yeah, like I said, just being yourself and being, um, being true to who you are and not letting it affect you. Brilliant. And Tamara,
1: uh, just moving on to Black Lives Matter. Uh, what effect do you think Black Lives Matter has had on your industry, if it has had any impact on your industry?
8: an impact I think it's made brands uh, be conscious of what they're putting out there um, and how their messaging as well and their imagery um, I hope it's starting to make an effect it's not just the image that we want we don't just want the models down there we want people more within the the, the um, oh gosh, within the company actually at higher level kind of having more of an impact as well and uh, better decision making. So I'm hoping that companies are starting to actually look within themselves of how they reflect and um, moving forward, kind of be more accepting to put people like myself, which is why I started my brand. Um, people wouldn't give, companies wouldn't give me the opportunity to show what I could do. So I had to create my own lane and do it myself. So hopefully they'll start taking on people and letting them shine up. Excellent. And Faith, um, you obviously run an
1: organisation, an educational um, charity that deals with individuals who are creatives and in fashion. What are some of the ways we feel like they can make a substantial difference um, to lives that are around them or even in their industry?
3: Um, so, for those that
7: participate in our provisions, the way that they can um, kind of make a difference is really we're supporting people beginning um, of their careers um, for all of those that join onto our visions So we really have the opportunity to embed um, some innovative new foundations um, based around sustainability, based around culture and based around what does really cultural appreciation versus cultural appropriation really mean uh, and how um, they can really celebrate certain cultures if, if they have that as an interest. Um, but how can their ethics build um, kind of strong foundations in order to celebrate instead of uh, copying and paste? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're really keen on, um, yeah, being able to kind of build and develop those beginning foundations of those who join on.
1: Um, and then through that they can then go out and into the marketplace um, and share what they've learned through us. Excellent. And Jessica, um, do you remember a specific experience where your industry had done something, where you wished your industry had done something differently? And if there is an experience, what would it be? Oh, I want to answer that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can answer it and then <laughs> <Dave> and <laughs> the um, you can hand it over. Well, I mean, I've got a
7: lot to say, actually. Too. so I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, British fashion um, and what is black British fashion and when you have you know organizations like the British fashion Council that is responsible for London fashion week um, and you've got big leading brands within the sector um, and finally wanting to support a black community and support um, brands and support designers I think that it's great that a lot of institutions are starting to do more about it, um, but I think the door is still too narrow, um, and there's a place for them to still widen it. Um, I think that America is doing a lot more. um, I think that America, of course, is is experiencing a lot of issues around black community, um, much more so than maybe in Britain, although Britain is not innocent um but i think that there is a lot more if, even in relation to higher education in institutions like central st martin's and royal college of art and, and their admissions process um and changing their diversity and what diversity looks like because international students although it's great the demographic is, is, is still doesn't support the black community um, so, yeah, I'll
1: hand over the Yes, I think all of you can answer that question, if you remember the question.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, I wish the um, industry was
4: less tokenistic. So, using black people or using Africans to tick a box and to be like, oh yeah, we're diverse, oh yeah, we, we understand um, your culture and things like that. Um, I wish they would let us in at the top, let more of us in as decision makers. I've had an experience once where I approached a space and they said we already have um, last year we had a, a black market so you know that's enough and I was at home, like, oh, so you can only have one of you um, so yeah basically less tokenistic and using us as decision makers as creatives and appreciating that Africa, first of all, is not a country. <laughs> it's a continent so and we're diverse. We've got so many different, varied things to bring to the table.
1: Um, and stop making silly decisions without consulting us if it's about us as well. <laughs> That's very true. And just moving on, same question to everyone. Uh, can you
6: repeat the question? Do you remember a
1: specific experience of where you wish your industry had done something differently?
6: Uh, yeah, so I just pulled it up. Uh, um... Um, talked, it's just a situation where I feel like there's a lot of culture vultures um, in regards to you know Africa being one place, and that Africa is built into you know different regions. You can get fashion and inspiration from Kenya, Congo Madagascar, um, like uh, Lagos, Ghana. Um, so I feel like that whole stigma of um, someone sort of like Beyonce or so, that you know actually making Africa seem like it's one. Country, uh, I feel like that stigma needs to be, uh, you know, kind of taken away and sort of um, looking at different countries and seeing that there's actually different inspirations, different, you know, types of fabrics and cloths from different areas. Uh, so that also, I'll say, In the you know. I would say for there to be bigger consequences, I think when brands do things wrong, i.e. Mean
8: when they have sweatshops when they're not doing sustainable things, we're trying to hold them accountable. So I think now going forward, if they're not being more inclusive, they need to be held accountable for it. And I think that will help change the way that they work and the way that they put their messaging out and for other people to be able to get in. Excellent. Thank you all so much for
1: being a part of the BLM segment. And if anyone has any questions out there, please put food ask again. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Well and Commonwealth Fashion Council Education Initiative event. What a mouthful. I um, just want to say thank you to every single person who has joined us um, from the live industry panel to the students panel and the showcasing of their work to Jake, who's the course leader, to, obviously, finally, the BNM segment. Thank you to everybody who's been tuned in, who has asked questions, who has joined Carabao Rock live on social media. Thank you to Toby, again, who's the project manager of the event. It's gone absolutely amazing. And to all the team at Carabao Rock, we want to say a big thank you to every single person that has joined us. And look out for the third edition. (laughs)
0: Caramel Rock, developing the next generation of designers and creatives.